You know the difference in like muscle fibers, like type one, type yeah. two, and then type two X. I've never heard of type two X. Type two X is top two, but it's uh, faster, faster twitch. If that makes sense. So it's uh, think about like so for the my, build of like an NFL running back is that's top two X muscle right. fiber. So you're you're talking about like almost instantaneous movement. Like if someone's going for a juke, like that's that's yeah. the mu- muscle fibers they're recruiting to yeah, get that. Yeah, absolutely. So instant. it's more explosive powder power than just top two. Top two bridges the gap between top one and top two X. Okay. Or some people call it top two A, top two A and top two B, but yeah. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Top two X sounds cooler. It is. Yeah, it <laughs> sounds, sounds more like you're an X-Men project. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually, I wanted to tell you something um, I, for a couple of weeks now that I found out because I know Venom is like your favorite Marvel character, probably your favorite Comic book character in general? Probably next to the... Probably him or the Punisher, yeah. Right. So he's pretty high up there. Yeah. So there was a comic book just recently that came out about Venom. Oh, shit. I don't know if it was Eddie Brock, but it was talking... Specifically, it was talking about the symbiote. And apparently, like, he had this new ability he learned, and it was, like, just this huge, like, blast of, like, web or whatever, right? Whatever his web would be considered. And, um... He was talking to whoever the host was, I can't remember. And he was like, so we're kind of depleted now, so we're going to have to eat like a whole human now, right? <laughs> so, so then people were like, wait a minute. So this web that he's shooting out is his shit. Because he's literally like he's eating something and turning it into that web. So it's literally his, his shit. So if you ever get roped up by Venom, you're roped up in shit. I mean, essentially, whatever makes sense. Hey, I'm fine with this. I just thought it was really funny. Venom the shit monster. Well, he himself is not a shit monster, but what he excretes is shit. I mean, I guess, you know, I mean. His web is energy shit. Energy has to come from somewhere. Right. I just wanted his body top, man. <laughs> I'm not asking for a superpower. <laughs> just shitting out webs. Like. Yeah, I'll tell you what. You know, you know, I, I have like pretty big thighs for a tall guy, right? Mm. Tell you something that kind of makes me want to kill myself. This is the show before the show, guys. <laughs> um, I am like in the ninety-something percentile, and all of my muscle on my body, according to my body scans, except for my legs. Huh. That's odd. It is. I don't know if it's just because genetically I have a big outside sweep, so my they, legs just look big. Right. But yeah, in terms of muscle mass, that's where I apparently hold the least amount of muscle. Hmm. I'll be honest with you, in terms of the way it, tra- it translates to unilateral training, it makes sense. Yeah. Because I'm really bad at unilateral stuff. But like, I was just incredibly shocked by... So did you get a DEXA scan? Yeah, um, QC Wellness, where I do my uh, hormone treatment and uh, blood work does... Uh, Dexa scans okay. every time I go in for blood work. So. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's uh, that's depressing though. Yeah. Power lifter. <laughs> well, that, all that shows you is that you have a place to work on. Cosmetically, though, that's the best part of, the best part <laughs> of my body. So I'm like a little, I'm a little shook by that. Right. To be honest with you. Well, in terms, well, you know, think about from the bodybuilding t- standpoint. You know, just because they have like, they're not as strong, but they're bigger, right? So yeah, you know. That is total leg, though, on those DEXA scans, so I'm sure that my tiny, tall-person calves are probably... Hindering a little bit. Hindering, but I mean, even they look good. Like, I got cut calves. Yeah. They're just not very... 
they, very large. Mine, you, know, you know what I mean? Mine will look that way when I am uh, using them. Like when I was doing those <laughs> leg presses and I, I posted that video, I was like, man, my calves are popping really good. But if I'm just like standing here or like doing nothing, they're like, ah, oh, there's nothing there. <laughs> calves. One man. more thing to look work on, I guess. I mean, I am in a bodybuilding phase. Yeah. So, I mean. I feel like that you could get plenty of calf growth just off an incline walk, though. Yeah, I mean, my calves grew a lot. I went up a knee sleeve size doing 75 hard because of the 45-minute walks every day. Yeah. So, I mean, that helped. Um, but right now, I'm doing most of my cardio on elliptical because I can keep my heart rate higher more comfortably than I can running or walking. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Like, I'm less physically taxed by it. Like, my heart's yeah. taxed just as much without, you know my legs being as tired or anything like mm. that. So I've, I've opted for the elliptical more often than not. That makes sense. I can do the same amount of work and cause I can cover a couple of miles and 15 minutes on the elliptical mm -hmm. versus, you know, that's a, you know, if I'm doing steady state, that's like a 30 minute walk. Right. And I'm not going to run because I, first of all, I hate running and yeah. it just is what it is. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, so like, I'm, I feel like I'm achieving like run, like elevation, elevations in my heart rate mm -hmm. without having the, impact on my knees and hips that makes that make sense, sense? Yeah. so like so i feel like i'm probably losing out on calf gains i'd normally get where i walk yeah that makes sense so one thing that i noticed recently after working with joe for these past almost it's almost been two months now um when i when i uh, first started over at my new job so we have like a flight of maybe two it's probably just one flight of stairs to get up to the office if we need to which we don't go up to the office often um but the first day I walked up there, I struggled so hard. Like I hurt walking up these this one flight of stairs. The other day I walked up there just fine. I was just like bumping up it's there. It's weird. Like in the beginning mm -hmm. of my fitness journey, I was I was very similar beginning to Albert's, although I wasn't very I wasn't mm -hmm. as big as Albert. But uh, first time I noticed getting fitter was putting up the truck at a restaurant I managed. Yep. It was like normally like 20 minutes in, I'm sitting down and taking a smoke break and I'm like done with the whole truck in like 15, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? I'm like, fuck, this is cool. Right? It's like, man, <laughs> you know, life changing. Life changing, man. <laughs> Little things, right? Yeah. Right now, it's just easier for me to tie my shoes than it has been. <laughs> like when I, when I was in powerlifting prep, you know what I yeah. mean? So. I, was, I was talking to Kevin and hopefully he doesn't mind me saying this, but he was talking about um, preferring knee wraps over knee sleeves. Uh, because he could just sit there and wrap as opposed to having to get a sleeve over his foot. He has very big legs, though. He has very big legs. He, he's just got a big body in general, though. Like, he's just, yeah. he's very much a strong man build. So. He's pretty strong, man. He is strong. He just squatted 600 and. 625, I think. It was 620-something for it was two. 625, yeah. Which is more than what I want for a single. But he's also, <laughs> like. In the 300s. Yeah, I should say, I think if he competed, he'd either be a super heavy or, or, or a 308. 308. Yeah. I think he'd compete at a 308, but but he's not going to do any powerlifting. He's, he went from a strongman event to a strongman event, and he's probably, I think he said he's going to take an offseason, but I don't know. We'll we'll see what he decides. I don't, I don't even know what strongman offseason looks look like. I know that Eddie, you know, podium the first time without ever training like a strongman, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you well, know, you know, know I mean? and like, especially nowadays, like it's like we talked about that one episode. It's more of like a athletic build that is is better for strongman than an actual strength build. 
<laughs> let's not go on that tangent. <laughs> let's, let's not go on. Uh, that when uh, when things when me and you are less busy and we have when we have less uh, people creating that we've done, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, uh, we need to play a game where we take a shot every time Zach goes on a tangent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for our listeners, will do that too. <laughs> we we will need a whole bottle, <laughs> probably <laughs> a whole bottle of something that is easy to get down <laughs> because. Oh, that's a lot of shots. That's a lot of that's shots. That's a lot of shots. Depends on how long the rants are. You benefit from a longer rant. That's true. That's true. So if I can just get you started on something you're really passionate about. You might can get by with, you know, you a know, handful instead 10, of like. 12 shots an episode as opposed, <laughs> as opposed to uh, drinking the whole bottle. Yeah. Just like pop the lid and just. All right. Uh, so welcome to the Sip It and Rip It podcast, I guess. Yeah. Um, we had our little intro before the intro. We got our our daily stuff out um we did not discuss the drinks but they are um i mean all the uh ingredients are for a manhattan and it's it's done really well this time last time we used that awful chocolate whiskey it was gross it was gross uh this is this time we just used some claude mays um it's going to be one and done today because it's early in the day for us so Mm -hmm. we're not just getting toasted or anything today um but i mean if you haven't ever done it it's uh it's whiskey. Um, I use a sweet vermouth because I did want it to be a little chocolatey. Um, chocolate bitters and uh, cherries. some cherries. Yep. A handful of cherries. And a little bit of uh, a little bit of simple syrup. So yeah. pretty, pretty easy. Easy, so. tasty. No complaints on my end. Yeah, it's a, uh, would you say that this is a little bit more, uh, not herbally, but a little bit more even like spicy than a old fashioned probably? Like seasoned, I guess. I get what fashion, you mean. You know what kinda, I mean? Like, kind of. It's less just whiskey and water. It has like a little bit more like depth to it, I guess. Yeah, there, there's a little different, uh, a different flavor profile overall, just in the taste of it. There's like a dryness about it too. There is a dryness about it, but it's a, it's like a good, like almost like a refreshing dryness. It's not yeah, like, like the taste of the taste of it and the sweetness of it. Uh, I think really contributes to the dryness and kind of like. Not contributes. Uh, balances. Balances. Yeah. That's more the word I'm looking for. But it's good. But yeah, it, it turned out good, so I'm happy with it. Yep. Something something light for us early in the day. So uh, uh, we've already discussed it in, in kind of the pre-show, but uh, for people that don't listen to the pre-show, um, <laughs> uh, Jim, this week, you've uh, experienced some new things with Joe, or at least uh, starting to pivot away from, well, how am I, how am I saying this? Um, you have been doing a lot of like high anaerobic capacity stuff with Joe in your yes. warm up, and now he is starting to pivot toward things that still create that stimulus, but toward a little bit more powerlifting oriented warm up, I guess. So, so the warm up um, is is essentially the same. Um, it's more of some of the work that he has me do before my deadlifts, um, specifically. So when it comes to squats, um, I just do squat first. Yeah. Uh, he has me completely focused in on on getting my squats correct, and um, and then my bench. I do a bench and a bench alternate. No, I just do, I just do Larson press. I do pause Larson press right now, and it's on my squat day. So that's kind of just like that's my big powerlifting day. Pretty yeah. much is my squat and bench day, and then there's some some accessory work, and then uh, day two is a lot of shoulders and back and and stuff like that, and then day three is the deadlift day where I have a lighter warm-up uh, in the sense of it's not a bunch of movements. It's getting on the bike and then doing sprints on the bike and push-ups, alternating about 10 times. 
So that's my that's my warm up for that day. But he has me doing, like you said, uh, anaerobic work before I deadlift. So he had me doing a superset of med ball slams and, and uh, box jumps. So we're pivoting away from med ball slams and box jumps before my deadlift into, he hasn't really made up his mind completely yet, but uh, what it sounds like is I'm gonna be doing some lighter deadlifts and then immediately do some jumps. I don't know if they're gonna be box jumps or if there's gonna be regular jumps, um, but just violent hip explosion, you know, force created from the ground, because that is my weakest point right now, is just trying to get explosiveness from the floor. Sure. Um, so, and that comes from a, a thing we talked about for a while, which was a glute weakness. Um, so we're working on fixing that. I immediately noticed it this week when I was doing my deadlifts, like getting set up in a different way. Like I could instantly, like everything felt fine, except the lift was slower than it felt like it should be. And there was a lot of torque on my glutes, which is probably a good thing because it's not getting up into my lower back. It's getting into my glutes. Um, so we're, we're just trying to develop that glute explosiveness, which will also translate over to the bottom of my squat. So sure. there's going to be a whole lot of carryover overall, just working on glute power. Sure. Makes sense. <clears throat> uh, for me, I mean, it's been the same old, same old. I'm basically still doing RP style. I am cutting things from my budget. So while I have dropped the app, I'm still doing pretty much the RP template. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that's a, I still think that's a really awesome app for somebody that's looking for not necessarily coaching, but a cheaper template that goes back to what we talked about last uh, last week. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but pretty much the same style, for, same formats, pretty much the same amount of movements, same amount of work. Um, I mentioned last week, even when I was on the app, I was still doing like some heavy singles. Um, so they worked out pretty good. I'm definitely back, back pressing into 90, 95% of my one rep max, like regularly for singles. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty good, especially considering how few drugs I'm on. Yeah. And then uh, squats, we're still a ways away. I'm probably squatting singles at 75, 80% on uh, the SSB bar. Um, now, is that 80% of your back squat or 80% of My your... back squat, yeah, okay. absolutely. Um, probably makes sense on SSB. Yeah. But I'll tell you, though, when I'm, when I'm normally healthy, it's pretty easy for me... I don't know why I'm good at SSB, but it's pretty easy for me to get 85, 90, 95% of my back squat on an SSB bar. Yep. So, um, and then back squats, I've probably pushed up to about 85%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm still pausing everything too. So yeah. I'm actually probably, probably in a relatively good place strength wise coming off an injury, yeah. to be honest with you. Not time for PRs because I'm just not ready to put heavy weight on my back yet. Yeah. If that makes sense. So uh, I kind of just want that 80 plus percent to be. Consistent. ridiculously consistent and comfortable right yeah. now yeah so um deadlifts i still haven't deadlifted um so i haven't been doing that it's pretty much all uh bodybuilding stuff for the moment i do think this week i'm going to keep continue to use the rp template i'm going to add one more movement i am going to start some barbell deadlifts back uh saturday mm. so um but it'll probably be like 10 sets of one like probably between three and 400 pounds just to get some conditioning back, like every minute on the minute, mm -hmm. like something like that. Yeah. Um, it won't be anything heavy. Right. But I kind of miss them, to be honest with you. So. Yeah. There's not, sometimes <clears throat> it's super nice to just be able to go and dominate some weight. Yeah. Deadlift is probably the, at least for us, it's the easiest yeah, it's, to just kind of dominate. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do think I'm going to try, when I go back, I'm going to try to remain uh, double overhanded for as long as I can, especially in that... 
I really can't feel much of a difference until I get 400 plus. Right. You know, mix grip doesn't help me that much. So, um, I think I am going to start working double overhanded intentionally, uh, just for the fun of it. No yeah. reason other than. Oh, keep your grip strength. Yeah. Keep grip strength yeah. good. Yeah. But just, uh, I, I don't know about you. I think the benefit, I've always been interested in hook grip and I have used it before, but it was, it's when I, it's before I was a 600 plus pound deadlifter. Mm-hmm. Um, the benefit of mixed grip is obviously there, but I used to hook and, and mix like Tammy does. Okay. Um, but I can see the the benefit of uh, being strictly hook grip is I, I tend to, I feel like I set my lats better double overhanded yeah. than I do mixed. I do feel like there is <clears throat> something about, something, some to that, because when you, when you net, like going into a mixed grip, you can kind of feel like there is just a, almost like an imbalance in almost your lats. Almost like a, lo- a looseness in that lat or yeah. something like I find it harder to set my laps with a mixed grip than I do. With I, a, I feel one. like though I'm stronger with mixed. Right. I feel like I can get tightness when I when I mix my grip on the one side and the other side I have to make tightness. So if you're trying to make tightness in both, I feel like it's just a little awkward. Whereas yeah. if you're double overhanded, it's easy to get an even tightness in your back. I'm not sure that I'll ever make the switch to hook grip, <laughs> but I can absolutely see the benefit of it right now. Yeah. I tried for a little while and I just didn't like it. I like feeling in my thumbs. Yeah, I mean, me also being, I mean, I don't take music as seriously as I do lifting right now, but I would like to be able to fill my thumbs for, <laughs> for that reason. Yeah. But it just is what it is. But yeah, I mean, it's a pretty, pretty typical week other than my strength isn't, while it's not dominant or anything right now, it's definitely coming back. Yeah, and that's always so, positive. So. Yeah. Getting back to where we were after an injury. Yeah, filling for depth uh, without a mirror has been a big thing. I told you all I think that's what contributed to an injury. I know that's a really dumb thing, but like, I'm a very, very, very mental person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, when things change on meet day from what I normally do, it's very hard on me. And I do think that's what, uh, you know, I watched that video of my squats back a hundred times and I was definitely squatting too low. I mean, I could have picked a quarter up from my butt cheeks, <laughs> um, like yeah. both my first attempt and the, and the attempt that hurt me. So mm-hmm. like, I just don't think that's pertinent for, it's not pertinent for powerlifting yeah. <laughs> to have to squat that low. So right. it is what it is, but yeah, good week. So. so we got PR songs. Mm-hmm. I've got a few. I'm going to go with two again because that's what we've been doing. I'm just going to do one EP, and I actually mentioned it to you the other day. Um, okay. So I'm going to let you go first and just run your whole whole list down. All right. So um, I'm just going to start um, both of the bands that are on this uh, on my thing today are bands that have been on the list before. So we'll just go ahead and get that out of the way because I like to listen to the same bands a lot. Um, but Vectors by Aversion's Crown, I, I freaking love Aversion's Crown. They're they're one of one of my favorite new deathcore death metal bands to have come on the scene, and they're fairly fairly unknown to be honest with you. Like yeah. like not a lot. I feel like I feel like I don't hear their name thrown around very much. But they're super good, super worth listening to if you're into the the new deathcore sound. Um, and then, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. <laughs> Forgive me if I'm pronouncing it wrong, but uh, Kiris or K-Rez, K-E-R-E-S by Abedonia. Those guys are sick, too. They're, they're another one of those, don't have a lot of music out, pretty new deathcore, but they slap pretty hard. So check both those guys out. Uh, I'm just going to go one band and one EP. It's only a five-song EP, but I've been listening to it uh, pretty regularly in the gym. This is a new band for me, but uh, because I've listened to this record several times, there is some 
me and you both like familiarity in a gym mm-hmm. playlist, but because I've listened to it away from the gym several times, it is familiar to me now. Um, but is the Blessed with Malevolence EP by The Hate Project mm-hmm. really fucking hard, dude? Yeah, I was listening to them that day that you were talking to talking to me about them. I, I just put it on their Spotify, and I just listened to their like top five. They were all pretty dope. That's some heavy shit. Yeah. Um, honorable mention, I'm not going to put anything on the list, but I have listened to, uh, I have softened my stance on Slaughter to Prevail somewhat. Yeah? Yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty fucking good when, yeah. when it's good it's really good so. yeah some of their stuff is a little cheesy um, I think some it, of their stuff is what i've noticed the cheesier stuff i think is uh some shit that's lost in translation from russian to, to english very possibly could be like I, it almost sounds like they're trying to sound hard in english and it's <laughs> like a little corny you know what yeah. i mean like but uh but yeah i mean i like them it's good yeah. i put them on the list not long ago you did I yeah killed absolutely man. that's a good yep. song i love it. um I don't think I've paid attention to the track listings or track names too much. Just um, kind of listen to it, like put it on them and just kind of like left it. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I get that. Good shit. What are we talking about today? We didn't discuss that. Um, so I had an idea and you can tell me what you think. Um, but since we're both about to be fathers, me a little sooner than you. Yeah, a little bit. Um, next week, <laughs> a couple of days from now. Um, I figured it would be a good idea to talk about, uh, like kids and powerlifting and in sports in general, um, just kids fitness, because there's a lot of people, it's a little better nowadays with more people getting better knowledge and looking more into scientific studies about kids lifting and stuff like that. But there's, there's still those people out there like, Oh, kids shouldn't be in the weight room, stunt their growth, damage their great clothes. Great growth plates, growth plates, um, just stuff like that. And it's like, well, you probably haven't looked at scientific studies in the last 20 years. So. I mean, not even looking at scientific studies. I mean, you can look at like toddlers or even babies until like, they actually have mobility better built to do this than we do. Yeah. Um, because they haven't developed bad habits and stuff mm-hmm. yet. Um, I don't believe to any extent that it's a detriment. I don't first, first first thought on that. Is yeah. I, I don't think it, I don't think any time I don't think movement in general, whether it's lifting weights or having your kid play sports or um dance classes, we're both having girls. We're probably gonna endure some shit that we never thought we would endure, <laughs> to be honest with you. And it's perfectly fine. I'm right. good with it. Um especially if it a, a you know a, a, if it exposes ticks a box, right? Yeah, if it ticks a box for them and it exposes them to music or art, I'm I'm definitely yeah. about it. Um <clears throat> That being said, movement's never a problem. I do think that there's some caveats that, you know, maybe they should consider. Um, so, so they, that you should consider heavier for a child, but I actually think that they should be the priority for adults too. Yeah. And uh, one of those things is pretty obvious, and we talk about it a lot is form. Yeah. So that's <sighs> when I, I was looking over uh, an article just to kind of like refresh some of the things. Uh, so that I had some amount of knowledge to explain here. But one of the key, a couple of the key things that I took away was how are they, like, like you said, form, like you shouldn't have a child out there, you know, under, you know, 15, 16, anything under that. I don't believe they should be pushing maximal. They should only be lifting in a, in a controlled sense. If they cannot control the weight, they should not be touching the weight. So like, There, you know, obviously progressive overload, you know, they will eventually become so easily like the weight will be so easy to control for them that you can increase the weight. Yeah. Like that's obvious. But you shouldn't just be like, oh, you can push 
let's say let's say they're doing deadlifts on trap bar with dumbbells or whatever and they're doing like 10 or 20 pounds or whatever let's say they're pretty young and they can do it really well and they can do it for a bunch of reps doesn't mean you give them 50 pound dumbbells right yeah. like like you you wouldn't want you wouldn't want to push maximal weight the same way you would push maximal weight on an adult because like even even now like how many times do we actually as powerlifters lift maximal weight like during prep uh in modern powerlifting ever hardly ever yeah I mean, it's, like, it's like at meet days and like peak weeks the exception probably being conjugate when you have some type of you know weekly max but most of the time it's not the competition lift it's a partial range of motion or it's a variation of some type where <clears throat> basically the weight you're doing is going to be auto-regulated anyway mm-hmm. automatically because you're finding a one rep max front squat as opposed to a one rep max back squat or maybe you're finding a box squat instead mm-hmm. of a so i mean there's it reduce automatically reduces the danger and the risk mm-hmm. of doing things to to maximum um, but yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree with you, but again, all these things are things that you should be having an adult do as yeah. a personal, as a personal trainer. Or yeah. Coach. Cause you should always like, be focused on them being able to lift the weight correctly first. I, I'd be, I'll be honest with you. I think that it's better for kids to start earlier and start working on these things earlier because the part of their brain that teaches them motor skills is more pliable and mm-hmm. they're going to be quicker to pick up on these things and learn them. Right. Um, and, and learn a- them well, like, because you're not you know, you're talking about you with your gluteal amnesia or me with my kyphosis and my mid-back. Like, when you're talking about having to relearn habits, that's a much, much taller task than mm-hmm. to learn a new habit. Yeah. So, like, not only are, are their brains a little bit better and a little bit more susceptible to recruiting new motor skills, you're also not having to unlearn mm-hmm. old ones. <laughs> you know and, what I mean? Like, and like you said, their mobility is much better. Like, if you've ever seen, like, a toddler pop a squat, they're like, textbook like Like all the way to the floor like no issues straight back you know like it's it's crazy to look at and just be like what happened along the way that we got to a point where we can and you know we could we could go on a tangent about that yeah i mean i'll be honest with you i mean i think that look at like the athletic community at large right like I don't know. Coleman's probably this way with baseball. Like we have a good baseball community mm-hmm. here, and I think I mentioned, I may have mentioned that last week. But when kids are exposed to certain types of training earlier and often, they're more likely to excel mm-hmm. later in life, right? Like, yeah. Why do you think all these <clears throat> Olympic athletes start at such a young age and yeah, go absolutely. on? Because, like, at this point, you have to. Yeah, because I you mean, have to develop that skill early. I think on. that's the. I think that's the the one of the bit major differences between. Um collegiate level athletes and lesser thans people mm-hmm. that never make it out of high school basically right, right? like is work i have mm-hmm. an employee of mine and brody bartlett who's an incredibly good baseball player and really isn't even built to be an incredibly good baseball player but what he has done is him and his parents have his parents have gave him the the avenue the outlet to go do this but he has trained so hard and so consistently mm-hmm. for so long and in such a smart way that he's pretty well injury free his entire baseball career, nothing serious anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, he has uh, even even though his body type might dictate that he's not the greatest athlete on the field, his skill that he has developed dictates he's probably one of the best right. athletes on the field. Yeah. So I mean, it's kind of uh, I talk I talk to people all this. This is the reason why I like high frequency, especially in a beginner powerlifter, is like you're developing a skill mm-hmm. at the end of the day, right? 
So it stands to reason, like me with playing music, I started when I was eight years old. There's very little music that I can't learn very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. Versus somebody that maybe started when they were teens or something like that. Like that's, I mean, it's fact, but you're developing a skill and then time practicing that skill makes an enormous difference, right? Like, period. So, I mean, I think that you have to consider all of that when you talk to a kid. And then, you know, they say now too that kids that have practice sports and multiple modalities so they're not just a baseball player not mm -hmm. just a football player but uh, they do a little bit of everything mm -hmm. or more skilled than mm -hmm. those who um, focus in on yeah, one absolutely yeah. so yeah, i think that weightlifting has to be a part of that yeah for sure i mean that's I mean, multi -mold I mean, you know you're kind of starting to talk about the buzzword we said we hated in functional fitness to some extent but like it is functional to be to have mo multiple mo modalities mm -hmm. you're finding that out with joe like mm -hmm. you're doing hit training that you've never done yeah as a power lifter or as a bodybuilder prior like and you're finding it to be incredibly useful yeah <laughs> you know, you know what just I mean? in day-to-day -day life just yeah. like in the way that i feel on a normal basis yeah you know i've i've never really <clears throat> i guess as a power lifter on like peak months you know prep getting ready for a competition there were weeks where i felt really drudgy but most of the time i felt you know pretty decent yeah uh whether i was powerlifting, bodybuilding whatever i was doing at the time and we say bodybuilding loosely let's just go ahead and say yeah, I mean, but, I mean, <laughs> but, you're, but most the, average gym goers if you're going to a commercial gym are probably going to pursue more of a bodybuilding like yeah background than a powerlifting. yeah so which i guess it was for me it was like i did sbd mostly bench deadlift yeah because <laughs> i did not have a good squat um but i did like and i always skip legs because I was a pansy. And I hated, <laughs> hated being sore and trying to walk upstairs, but um, I kind of broke out of that. Obviously, at, oh, after a while. <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I was going somewhere with this, and I already lost my thoughts. So I'm gonna let you take it. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I mean, multi multi training is really yeah. really important for all of us, and uh, I really do think that. But when when it's a kid, like exposing them to as many things as possible, it makes sense. I also will tell you that being stronger is the fastest way to. It's the fastest way to uh, a better vertical jump. It's the fastest way to a faster 40 time mm -hmm. um, cone drills, stuff like that. Like being strong, physically stronger is going to help every one of those things within a reasonable ratio to your body weight. Right? Right. Like you can't just be fucking fat and strong and yeah. do these things. But like if you're looking at it from an a, a purely athletic standpoint, being stronger helps everything. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, I mean, it's kind of a gimmick right now, but like, the same parents that complain about their kids' strength training when they're young are the same ones that get seeing their kids to speed and agility camps. Mm -hmm. And speed and agility camps are like, it's known in the strength and conditioning world as being like fucking snake oil. Oh, yeah. You know, it makes you faster <laughs> being <laughs> stronger. stronger. Yeah. Like, that's that's accepted. But like being run, able to recruit more run, running 20 yards with a parachute behind you is not necessarily going to make you a better sprinter. Right. Like. Stronger quads, calves. Yeah, stronger ca quads, calves, stronger hamstrings, glutes. Yeah. Your entire lower chain. Almost everything that you would use in a squat or a deadlift. Yeah. As it turns out. As it turns <laughs> out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, I will say speed and agility camps are something that's like, it's like um, kind of uh, trendy and buzzy to pick on speed and agility camps mm -hmm. right now. So like I probably there's probably coaches that do them really really well and recognize them really really well, but I bet that the ones that are doing it really really well have more explosive movements like maybe um, maybe jump squats, box jumps, uh, more like actual the stuff that has more actual carryover to the weight room mm -hmm. than it does to 
running with a parachute tied to your right. back. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm sure that there's coaches that do it really, really well and to a really high degree. And I do think, you know, there's a coordination factor to, like, speed ladders and stuff like that that you yeah. need. But by and large, that shit's really gimmicky. So it's kind of funny to <laughs> me to hear um, to hear uh, people pick on weightlifting and they send their kid with speed. zero muscle mass to a speed and agility mm-hmm. camp. Like, if you've already got X amount of muscle mass on you, I bet that speed and agility camp probably does a lot more for you than that somebody is. than some, you know, 90-pound... Real thin. ...seventh-grade cornerback that doesn't have any muscle on him mm-hmm. to begin with. That's probably a fucking problem. And let's be honest, um, if, if we're talking football, if you're playing on the defensive side, you probably need to be strong. You need to be strong enough to strong, tackle somebody. You gotta think of, well, right? not, yeah, not just Bring that, but the ground. you got to think about the role of a cornerback and having to pivot in your hips and continue to run, too. Like, you have to have really... Yeah. For even if it's just for injury prevention, say you have to have really strong hips and a really strong core to be able to run with a wide receiver and be able to turn your back mm-hmm. to watch the ball to watch the ball while running with that yeah. wide receiver. You know what I mean? And it's a it's a huge it's a huge thing. So yeah, I mean, you think like, about it from the wide receiver perspective, they already know where they're going based on the play. And most of that's done on timing, so that's the reason they can stick their arms out and not necessarily know where the ball is and catch the ball. Right, like. But because for a corner, you have to watch, you have to be able to watch the ball and you have to be able to watch the receiver too. Mm-hmm. So like, and you have to be fast enough to run with them. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, you know, I, you know, I think there's a lot of things that go into that mm-hmm. and uh, it's a lot more than tying a parachute to your butt and <laughs> <laughs> at a speed and agility camp. You know yeah. what I mean? So. Um, yeah. And just from <clears throat> like, like I it kind of already touched on it, but just from an injury uh, perspective, like injury prevention perspective, like. Stronger muscles are less likely to break down. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, talking about a contact sport like rugby, football, fighting sports, uh, combat sports of mm-hmm. any kind, stuff like that, the stronger person's probably going to be a lot harder to be a lot harder to kill that person. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just it just is. So, like if you I take mean, well, look, you look at it from a perspective of two people, same skill level. One has more muscle mass than the other. Who you got your money on? Probably the guy. Yeah, with more muscle mass. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like his, if all things else, everything else is equal, like Mark says it all the time, strength is never a weakness. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, I yeah. mean, it is what it is. And you think about like the core of football is the offensive and defensive lines. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about you need to be able to get a step on somebody a little bit faster than they get a step on you. That's top two, top two X muscle, mm-hmm. muscle fiber. Um, you talk about your ability to push somebody around if you're an offensive lineman, like again, strength is an issue. Right. <laughs> you know, this is the this is the heart of football. It's not the sexy part where people are, you know, catching balls and scoring touchdowns or, you know, juking somebody mm-hmm. for, you know, an eighty yard run. We're talking about the actual meat and potatoes of football right. is a strength sport. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the trenches it's a it's a it's a strength sport. Yeah. So a lot of people, I mean, and, and like you said, a lot of people glorify like the quarterback. He's the guy gets the ball, makes the decision to throw. He, don't, he there's not necessarily a whole lot of jacked quarterbacks. Let's be yeah. honest. Like they might have a cannon for an arm, but they're not huge. Right? Yeah, but I remember like, but you know, one of them panned out better than the other one. But think about like Tim Tebow and Cam Newton were mm-hmm. physically a lot bigger and a lot stronger than everybody they were on the yeah. field with. Tim didn't have much of an NFL career. He won one playoff game mm-hmm. and was a abys- pretty abysmal. Cam did win the MVP and was good, mm-hmm. but like he still wasn't Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, right? You know? Or like, Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> but, <laughs> just uh, hey, but I just you know, think about him because he's like 
Well, he's he's probably a big, he's a big man. He's a too. big guy. He's not necessarily as fit as any of the other quarterbacks, yeah. even the the thinner ones, yeah. right? He's just a little heavier, but he's still a really good quarterback. Toward the end of his career, he wasn't very mobile, but very early on, he was an extremely mobile mm-hmm. quarterback. But you know, but that 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 gets all the attention. But like Alabama football is something I go back to a lot on this podcast. But like uh, up until you know the last two or three draft classes, Alabama wasn't known for making a quarterback. They had some really good and really efficient quarterbacks. But largely, what made Alabama successful and really still what makes them successful is their offensive line. Mm-hmm. Like me and you could run the football behind that offensive line. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like they had run. You know, up until recently, they had you know like Josh Jacobs and uh, and um, Derek Henry, they didn't even really have running backs that translated well. Mm-hmm. Mark Ingram did because he was good at catching the ball. But, uh, you know, they didn't even really have the best running backs coming out of Alabama. But their all, entire offensive line would get drafted and go somewhere and, and play. Right. Like, you know, that's changed in recent years. They've gotten, you know, a little more as the game changes, they have, they have to have better and better skill players, and that's fine. But uh, it's always been the offensive line that's carried that team. Look at the better – Teams in the NFL, it's the same situation. Like right. the better the offensive line is, the better the football well, you, team is. You, you know? think like, about it from just a game standpoint, right? The more time you give the quarterback to make a decision, the better decision he's going to make. He gets all you know. Everything lives and dies by the quarterback. He gets blamed for things that his, isn't his fault, but he also gets credit for things that he didn't do. <laughs> yeah. And like it, it, games are won and lost on the offensive and defensive line. And at the heart of it, I'm telling you, it's a strength sport. Yeah. Um. It's sad because we don't have a lot of football talent in the area, but if you're over 220 pounds and you're a high school football player right now, you're on the offensive or defensive line. Mm-hmm. There's a reason they want the stronger, bigger bodies on the offensive right. and defensive line, right? Like, it is what it is, but it does translate to other sports too. I mean, mm-hmm. like, look at strength and conditioning in basketball. We've talked about, we've talked about this before. It's come a long way, but, like, the bigger, stronger guys typically are a little bit better. LeBron James has visibly more muscle mass on him than mm-hmm. a lot of other basketball players right. do. One thing, uh, Michael Jordan's secret weapon was a man named Tim Grover, was his personal trainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, while Michael isn't a big, you don't think of Michael as being a big, strong guy now, the league that he was in, he was bigger and stronger than a lot of a lot of people he played against. He was physically more fit and more capable. Mm-hmm. He was a stronger person than most of the people he played against. Other than maybe like Shaq later in his career. Right. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? But like that guy's... He's also he was he was made to be like, strong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like, like that's that's all, all there is to it. I mean, he had you know that's the perfect storm of. Shaq could have left the NFL and gone to be a professional. I mean, not the NFL, the NBA, and went to go be a professional strongman. Probably, yeah. he probably could have left the NBA and been an NFL star. Yeah, <laughs> you know he probably I mean? like, could, he probably could have. Like he's he was you know a big strong person, but mm-hmm. um, and really still is. Good God. He's st- I mean, he's still huge. Like, Yeah, he's, he's still pretty fit, too, for his age. Yeah, so. he actually, he was, if I'm not mistaken, he was hanging out with Big Show when they were both like, you know, because if you know Big Show, he's yeah. like a heavier yeah. wrestler. Well, he lost a bunch of weight and got pretty ripped. Like, he had visible abs, and he's still, like, big. Yeah. You know, he, he kind of looked like Eddie Hall when he got in shape for boxing. Yeah. Like, that, that was the same type of build that he had, except, obviously, a 6'7 frame instead of a... Yeah, however I mean, tall Eddie is, I, I don't remember. He went to I know Shaq went to like an LSU football game, and he was like lifting one of the cheerleaders up one handed. I know male cheerleaders do that all the time. This is a guy that doesn't right. He doesn't no... do any male cheerleading. <laughs> he's just like shoulder presses right. this girl up. Right? Like I mean, he's it's a strong individual. Yeah. 
But, you know, you talk about, you know, it even happens in basketball. That's my point of this. Like, the bigger, stronger guys win. Mm-hmm. It is it is what it is. Uh, Kobe Bryant had the same personal trainer in Tim Grover that Michael Jordan did. Mm-hmm. And um, Both very successful. Very, 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 very successful. There was, he had a leg up on everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You know, so as it pertains to, as it pertains to children, uh, Training. I think the earlier you expose them to that, the better things are going to be for them later. So one mm. of one of the things, and this wasn't really covered in the article, but something that I think about is, and it's it's a little bit of a worry for me. Um, it would be introducing it really soon, and then being resentful for it, because that that's always a concern, right? Because you don't want them to resent physical fitness, so there has to be some sort of balance there, right? So you, it's hard to like you you obviously you can't. I mean, you can, but you don't want to let your child be unfit, right? Yeah, I think this is a simple, I think Elizabeth, I've been really complimentary about Elizabeth and mm-hmm. in terms of diet uh, and exercise in front of Oliver. Like, it should be their choice, absolutely. But, like, when it's explained in a way is this is just something we do every day. This mm-hmm. is the same thing as waking up and brushing your teeth. Right. Um, the same way you take a shower every day when you're nasty. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this is just something we do. Right. Like, it's not pre- if they don't want to do it that day, that's fine. But if it's presented as just daily care and daily hygiene, right? I don't think there's room for much resentment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're I, not forcing them into it. Like, if they want to take a rest day, take the rest right. day. Like, like that's cool. If you're not interested in it right now, that's fine. But I think that those habits that you build as a parent are going to mm-hmm. eventually rub off. And that's what Elizabeth doesn't ask Oliver to to work Good. out with her yeah. or anything like that, and doesn't ask him to eat healthy. It's just that. He sees her eating healthy, and that's the reason why the kid would rather have a strawberry than a Snickers bar. Right. You know, so there's been no, you know, as far as I know, there's been no serious conversation had other than, hey, this will make you strong, this won't. Right. You know what I mean? Right. This if you will... want that, that's fine, but, you know, right. this, but this, this is the better is, choice. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. Like, so. Giving the option, but explaining the reasoning, Yeah, absolutely. Like, you want the option, that's fine. Like, every, you know, every kid should enjoy their Halloween or their birthday. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, whatever it is, every every one of us have well, probably not you, but every one, <laughs> every one of us has made our whole you know treasure trove of candy on uh, you know the night after we go trick or treating yeah. on Halloween, or you know ate ourselves sick on Thanksgiving Day, or mm-hmm. on our birthday, or whatever it may be. But like you know, just the explanation that this isn't this it's isn't you know the norm. The norm. This isn't personal hygiene. This isn't, and I mean hygiene. I don't mean whether or not you stink. I'm talking about like. Same thing we way we talk about sleep hygiene. It's it's the way discipline and habits built. Mm-hmm. Like these things are okay to do, but this is not a mentally or physically hygienic thing to be partaking right. in all the time. Yeah. Like I think that's what she's done. And I think she's been a really good example to me mm-hmm. and you and Desi and Sandy and that. Um and like I said, it doesn't mean that they have to do what we do. Mm-hmm. If my kid don't want to be a power lifter, I ain't gonna be mad at her for it. Right. You know what I mean? Like I do want her to know that the gym is just part of life. It's part of yeah. being healthy. It is. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So just a general sense of just like, Hey, you don't have to take things to extremes. You don't have to, you don't have to be, you don't have to love it. Like I do. You just have to have some amount of respect for it and have to, it's about respect for yourself. Yeah. yeah. No. That makes sense. Yeah. I think as long as it's presented as, you know, it's not forced. It's it's an option, and it's like this is the better option of the two. But you can do whatever you want. Yeah, absolutely. Think. Yeah, I do. Th- I do believe, and hopefully, I won't get any backlash 
now or in the future from this. But I do believe there should be some sort, and it doesn't have to be exactly what I want, but I do believe there should be some sort of physical activity done on a, on a weekly basis. And I, that's, that's the only Daily, thing I would... But well, I mean, when I say weekly, yeah. I, don't mean, I don't mean like you have to go every day. Yeah. It can be several times in a week. You know what I mean? Uh, just a habit established. Yeah, yeah, right. It has to be done a couple times a week at least. Yeah. So some sort of physical activity. Yes. That's, that's, and whatever it happens to be, whether it's yoga, running, right. lifting, sports, dance, whatever, as long as there's some sort of uh, fitness and athleticism being involved, I'm okay with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I, I think I'm cool with that too. Yeah, but I honestly think that just we as parents, if we're if we're in good habits with stuff like that, I don't think it's going to have to be something that's that's sad. I think right, that, they're just going to see it and be like, "This is what we do." Life right. mimics life, man. Yeah. Like you know, it is what it is. Like you know, if it's just, let me tell you something. They're going to know it's miserable without me having to tell them it's miserable <laughs> because, like, I mean, even though like I never, the one thing I have going for me, I I can't eat right half the time. Like the, all the bad things I have going for me. Because I do not, regardless of how I feel, I do not skip a workout. Mm-hmm. Like they're gonna see me be pissed off that I'm going, <laughs> I'm having to go to the gym. Right. They're also gonna know though from a disciplinary standpoint. It's like okay, Dad doesn't want to do this, but he knows this is important. It's important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He knows it's important. This is what keeps his heart beating. Like this is, this is just something we have to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think as long as it's presented in that way, I think you know the choice will be theirs, and I think they'll make the right choice. Right. So. It is what it is. I think that makes sense. Um, I do think that I think that is a unique part of the conversation we haven't touched on, though, is we have the sports parent, right? Mm-hmm. Fat, out of shape, barely bend over and tie his own shoes, wants to yell and scream about uh, an error his kid made in baseball and treat him like he's a piece of shit and everything like that over it. Uh, expects him to get up and train, go lift weights, go ground balls, take bat and practice, everything like that. But dad, you know, sits on the couch. Sits on the on the couch, shirtless with a bowl of Cheetos on his belly, and watching sports and talking about how stupid the professional athletes are. <laughs> like, I think it's gonna be. I think it's harder for those people. It's gonna be harder for those people to motivate their children to do mm-hmm. something successful than it is like because then it's just like it's like well, well you, you don't, don't fucking do it. do it. Yeah, like like what do you? How do you have any right to tell me that I should do this when you don't do? And it? You're like especially at a certain age, like they're gonna look at you and be like, you're the same age as that professional athlete on TV. Mm-hmm. You want me to do this, but you're not doing this. Like you can't use old as an excuse. Yeah, this guy's <laughs> this guy's <laughs> in his thirties, and you know, like right. You know, the, I don't think kids are stupid. Yeah, I try not to sure. treat them, even the kids that aren't my my own. I try not to treat them like they're stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, they're gonna take after your habits. So maybe if you're a sports parent and you already have kids, you should reassess what you're doing before you ride your kid's ass about how lazy or not lazy mm-hmm. they're being. That makes sense to me. Also, you know, you have that group of people that have a fear of the weight room themselves. Oh, I can't mm-hmm. squat because of my knees or I can't go to the gym because I have a shoulder issue or whatever like that. Like, But you can work around it. You can work around it. And also your kid is seeing you make excuses mm-hmm. to be a fat fuck. Yeah. As opposed to working around it, finding ways to get fit. Yeah, we're all going to get hurt in the gym yeah. or outside of the gym, or we all get hurt. This is what right. it is like in life in general. Yeah. Like whether you're hurt from the gym, car accident, getting up off the toilet. Uh, I mean, shit. I mean, I threw my back out, wiping my ass one yeah. time. You can get hurt in life at any point in time. The gym is not. The gym is going to make you more resilient and less likely to get hurt by than, things like that. So you're you're better off 
taking the risk of getting hurt at the gym, which is a lot less of a risk if you're training correctly and yeah. keeping, you know, getting getting good information, hiring a coach, all these things. That's the same demographic of people that are going to get on a girl's ass about lifts and weights because they're going to get bulky. Yeah. Who like my favorite quote about that? I forget, I want to say it was like Hunter Henderson or somebody like that. But you you see somebody you see women pass around this quote all the time. Like if you lift those weights, you're going to look like a man. Like and their responses on the meme or whatever is well, if you lifted weights, maybe you'd look like a man. Yep. Like, like sorry, dude. I, I always <laughs> think back to what Sandy said about uh, those girls that she heard over her talking about lifting weights and getting too bulky, and she said you'll never get that bulky. Yeah, because like, ever. Like you don't, you won't put in enough work to get that. You don't game. care enough about yourself or about the things that you're doing in here to look like that. Yeah, and obviously, like you look, I I, I go back to a couple of the female powerlifters often because I follow them on Instagram and I see them a lot. But Jessica Bettner and uh, Heather Connor, they're not big and bulky, and they're strong as fuck. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Heather's extremely small. Yeah, she's like, like in the teens, or one yeah. teens, right? Like, yeah, so. she is super small. Can deadlift 400 pounds, squats two or three. I can't remember. I want to say it's in the threes. Yeah. And then benches close to 200, I think. Yeah, she's itty bitty. Yeah. Yeah. She She's not big and bulky. She's fairly feminine looking. Yeah, Same absolutely. thing with Jessica Bettner. Like she, she's I, visibly muscular, but she don't look like a man. No, she's not manly looking at all. No. I mean, the and I think that. There comes the issue with people's perceptions of female bodybuilders who take exogenous hormones who get really huge. That's where they, that's what they think. They think if you lift weights, you will look like a man. But in reality, if you take male hormones, you will look, look like, like a, a man. man. Yeah, like that's that's the issue, and that's there. not even one hundred percent true. Yeah, I mean, I mean well, like, I mean, you, you will still... look more like yeah, a absolutely. man. Yeah. You will have that musculature of a man, like. Sure. It, the build, your build changes because of the hormones that you put in. Yep. Like, think about, like, and not to get political with this, but think about men who take estrogen. They start looking more feminine. It's yep. because they have female or hormones. Vegans and vegetarians. Yeah. Yeah. Even, like, you don't even have to look at people that take, you know, they're more feminine because they take in more estrogen. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is what yeah. it is. Regardless of why, that's, right. that's the facts. You know what yeah. I mean? So, so <clears throat> there, there's, there's your sign. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> we live in a really conservative area, and one of my fears is, even from family, is um, I don't think I have to worry about that so much from immediate family on the other mm -hmm. side. But one of my fears is, well, that's just not a that's not a girly thing to do. Mm -hmm. That's not, you know. Oh yeah. Why are you in the gym bench press with dad? That's not very feminine. Like that's not very. As we live in the Bible Belt, man. Yeah. Like the only thing we have more than churches is. Car dealerships and Mexican joints. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. if you want if you want guacamole, a used car, and uh, to have to pay some tithes, come to Coleman, Alabama. <laughs> For real. For real. We um, do have a lot. But like, we are living a very conservative area, and that's you know that's my fear too. Is somebody, whether it's family or family friends or something like that, getting their ear about? Well, that's not. That's not girly. That's not ladylike. That's yeah. not. That's not girly. Like. So well, I, fuck, fuck you. What is, what is lady? And I, I promise you that's going to be a rant of Sandy's because Sandy mm -hmm. is an incredibly feminine person, but is not a conventional conservative woman in that, in that right. sense at all. Like, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like she's not, we don't give a fuck about gender roles or anything like that. Like, um, yeah, she's going to be mom and I'm going to be dad. But if Sandy decides tomorrow, she wants to start working on hot rods and being a grease monkey. I'm not going to tell her, Oh, you can't do that because right. you're a woman. 
Yeah. First of all, she'd chop my dick off in my sleep. <laughs> Second, Second of, of all, all, she's an engineer, right? Yeah, she, she probably has a mind probably, to be able to do it. Yeah, she's got the mind to be able to do it. She can do whatever the fuck she wants. Like yeah. my, my daughter's going to have the same raising. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I do fear that somebody's going to get into her ear, mm-hmm. even if it's friends and stuff at school. Like That's, that's more like, of hey, my you should go. You should be a cheerleader. You shouldn't mm-hmm. be playing. You shouldn't be a powerlifter right now. Right. You're a girl in your school. Like, or you shouldn't be in fight sports. You should be doing dance line or... It's like, well, like maybe she wants to do that too. That's right. fine. Maybe she wants to do both, but she doesn't mean she has to quit. Quit one or the other. Yeah, right. absolutely. Like it doesn't. One's not any more masculine or feminine than mm-hmm. the other. It is what it is. Like I'll be honest with you. There's some biological differences that we can't get over. But if my little girl comes to me and says, "I want to try out for the football team," right? Mm-hmm. You know, especially at a certain age, she's probably going to be bigger and stronger than the boys mm-hmm. up until, you know, middle school, high school, probably. Right. But like, peewee football, right. no play. Well, that's right. fine. Yeah, it's you fine. Know, that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, until, you know, puberty and hormones take over, like, she's probably going to be just as equipped to dominate the football field as anybody else is. Yeah. Like, I don't fucking care about stuff like that. Yeah. But I do have a big fear that somebody else is going to get into her ear mm-hmm. and tell her what she can and can't do. Like, and then there's that fear <clears> of, rejection right so maybe whoever the coach is at times says well you can't start because you're a girl and that just starts a whole shit storm there you know well, what I yeah mean? I mean, if she's the best player she's the best player though well that's right but you know, because of where we live yeah we're not but know. i'm not talking about we're not even talking about the we're not talking about the trans athlete issue we're talking about like all things being equal up until puberty like girls are probably stronger than boys they're generally developed faster they're probably bigger mm-hmm. She's probably a bigger, stronger version of what you need on the field. If she wants to go play football, should be the starter. She should get to be the starter. Right. No, I definitely yeah. agree. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know what sure. I mean? Like, it is what it is. But like, yeah, I do. I worry about stuff like that as a dad. Because like, how the, how the fuck are we supposed to tell our kid like, like fuck him? Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm probably just gonna tell tell him fuck him. <laughs> like, 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 you, you know, we're what you want. You know, right? like it's not it's not up to them. Yep. Right, like if you want to play football, the next step is is to tell her, "Hey, life's not fair. If they're going to start this kid over you, then when you do have a chance to play, be better than him. Yep, show them why you're better. Make them eat shit. Yep, that's your opportunity to prove them wrong. But yep. that's a fear, you know. That's a fear of mine for sure. No, um, outside influences, outside which obviously influences, you know, yeah. family, friends, and stuff like in in the fit that are already in the fitness realm are going to be super supportive. So yeah. like. If I we're in the gym at the same time, our girls are in the gym at the same time, we're all just going to be like supporting each other, having a good time. Like it's not going to be a big deal. Right. It's when they're old enough to be in the gym on their own kind of thing. Someone comes up to them. That's kind of the stuff I worry about. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, there's also a lot of fucking creeps. There's a lot of fucking creeps. Yeah, not. That's my. You know, a, <laughs> you know it's gonna you know it's gonna take me making more money and freeing up time and stuff like that. But that's one reason why. I, Personally, you know, outside of power, athletic things outside of powerlifting, I would personally like to become a more dangerous person in general, mm-hmm. whether that's like Austin's taking striking classes right now. He's taking yeah. Muay Thai. I would love to be able to do that. Um, to be able to uh, go to shooting, like competitive shooting classes mm-hmm. or even like tactical shooting classes where I know mm-hmm. how to clear a building. and Right. Uh, or even just, just simply shoot a little bit better than the next guy. Yeah. Um, things like that to personally become more dangerous and more capable of protecting my little girl but mm-hmm. also to establish that habit and for her to realize hey i don't have to be a victim in anything i can yeah. i can take things into my own hand yeah I absolutely like I, I have the ability to dominate this person yeah. if i wanted to 
Um, so like, you know, that stuff's in, that stuff's important to me too. But mm-hmm. she's not going to develop that habit unless mom and dad are in that habit first, right? You know, yeah. So they won't they won't see it, right? Yeah, yeah. If they don't absolutely. see it, they don't know about it. If they don't yeah. know about it. Why they aren't going to think about it? I just want my kid. You know, I would feel the same way if I were having a boy. I want my kid to know that it's okay to be strong and independent, mm-hmm. and to not while they will always have me, but it's completely okay to not have to have me. All right. Like, yeah. That's, that's a cool thing. I mean, I guess, <clears throat> and that's kind of like the goal in raising some, a, a child, right. Is to get them to a point where they are self-sufficient they can go out in the world and either be as good or better than we were. Yeah. The, the absolute goal is to be better than we were. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. that's, that is always a better goal. person. It doesn't have to be better at, powerlifting or better at music or anything like that although i hope for those things too mm-hmm. um whatever they are just a better person mm-hmm. at large than i was yeah that's i feel like that's always the goal is better in 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 all aspects you know so but that again depends on us depends on us leading by example yeah, showing you know i struggle mightily with food but you know i'm trying really really hard right now to get food right so that my kid don't think it's okay to um, again, is it bad if you go get, you know, a double quarter pounder a week from McDonald's? Probably not. But I don't want my kid to think that that's an acceptable thing to do for dinner every night. Right. Well, I don't. Like, we're on the go. We we ain't got time for anything else. Like, sure, that's fine. But mm-hmm. by and large, I want my kid, you know, to know that we eat at home. We mm-hmm. eat whole foods at home. Like, this is the right way to do it. You're in a time time crunch, fine, let it be what it is. Mm-hmm. But like I don't want my kid to think it's okay, you know, to sit around sit on her ass and eat little Debbies and Doritos all the time. Mm-hmm. Like she wants a snack, go get it. Like hope hope that it's a fucking bundle of grapes instead of Snickers bar. A Snickers bar, yeah. Whatever Unless it may it's be, a Snickers you know? high protein bar. Maybe if it's a Snickers high protein <laughs> bar, you know. But those things may be two or three hundred dollars a piece by the time <laughs> she's old enough to make that choice. <laughs> hey, it's already it's already over. But Anna Bar was having a sale for Prime Day, thirty bucks a box. Oh, I bought two more. <laughs> I've already got two boxes. I was like, man, that's a good deal. I bought two more, so now I have four boxes of Anna Bar. And if you didn't watch my story, they are the fucking best protein bar I've ever had. I believe that. I'm a big fan of Bear Bells, too. I don't know if you've had them yet. I haven't. You should try them just to try them. I don't know what the macros are in comparison or anything like that. Just for taste. Yeah. Bear Bells are really good. But to tie all this stuff back into the original topic, Mm -hmm. you can say this, that, and the other is bad for your kid all you want to. You can have the strongest opinion in the world about... Strength training, speed and agility training, even sports-specific training, all this stuff. But unless you're actually sitting down and establishing good habits of your own, do not expect your child to establish mm-hmm. good habits of their own. Right. Like, that's a learned behavior. Mm-hmm. Like, teach them. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? And like, just, I'll just get riffing off that from my own experience as a kid. So I was in daycare a lot of times at a gym while my mom taught classes it was like aerobic classes or something i can't remember so even at an early age i knew that mom was doing stuff for fitness um she always tried to make sure we had a protein a vegetable and a carb in our in our meals when she cooked at home so i got into a good habit of eating whole foods all the time that didn't that didn't mean we didn't go out and have mcdonald's and burger king and taco bell Plenty. Right. We would go out to nice restaurants. You know what I? You know what I'd eat at a nice restaurant? A steak, a potato, and a salad. Yeah. And I was like, 
And my dad would get so mad. He'd be like, you can order off the kids menu. I'm like, no, I want the steak, potato, and the salad. Like, <laughs> right. that's, that's what I like to eat. And he, was, he would always get so mad because I wouldn't eat off the kids menu. But he would be so impressed every time I'd eat all the food, like yeah. all of it. Because the one time I didn't, he'd said, I'm going to stop. Right, I'm gonna stop yeah. buying this for you if you don't eat it all. So I always ate it all. But yeah, that's good habits. I grew up the opposite. That's the reason why I still struggle with food. I grew up with I was that southern household where I had sweet tea or Mountain Dew in my sippy cup. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were hungry, you grabbed a little Debbie or fried yourself some bologna. Mm-hmm. Um, Mom made hamburger helper for dinner. Like it might be actual home cooked meals sometimes, right. but like you know, if it was home cooked meals, it was like you know, butter beans and cornbread and fucking fried potatoes and shit like that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily like she wasn't worried whether or not we had, you know, a protein, a carb, and she just, whatever she wanted to make is mm-hmm. what she made. You know what right. I mean? And if it was healthy, great. If it wasn't, didn't matter. Nobody cared either. Right? <laughs> like, but that's, that's how I grew up. And, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's like, everybody's gonna be like, God, you're a shitty person threatening, threatening your mom's life. But I have straight up told both of my parents mm-hmm. and both of my step parents, the first time I catch, a soft drink or sweet tea or fucking juice that's not watered down or some bullshit mm-hmm. that's going to make my kid fat in their sippy cup or something, I'm going to kill them. <laughs> like, cause my kid's not going to, you know, especially like when my, my dad still doesn't understand like healthy eating. Mm-hmm. And he at one time was 500 plus pounds and had gastric bypass and changed everything else. Well, he lost weight because of the gastric bypass, not right. because he was in good habits. Mm-hmm. Man still lives off of Doritos and Mountain Dew. Like he just can't eat enough to gain weight. Right. Like, he has no concept of that whatsoever. My mom's a lot better now. Mm-hmm. But, like, you can't fucking give that to my kid, man. Right. No, I like, This 100%. is not what we do. <laughs> like, this isn't what... This is, this is how me, him, and my little brother, my dad and my little brother and myself, got to be in the situations that we were in as young adults and as adults. And being fucking fat is, mm-hmm. like, you taught us this was okay, and this is what ultimately led to you having to have the surgery and, you know an extreme change in lifestyle mm-hmm. because that guy's got like fucking 10 inch arms now, dude. My, right. my wrist is bigger than his biceps are. Right. Like that's not healthy either, mm-hmm. but you got here from this, this type of thing, this type right. of habit that you established calls me and my little brother and, and you to, to have to live through being an obese person. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to do it again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, period. You know what I mean? That is what it is. Like, can't, can't let that happen. So, you know, when it comes to kids in the weight room, um, parents, if you're listening, I would very seriously consider my own habits before you started busting, uh, you know, online coaches, personal trainers, even, you know, personal trainers, football coaches, anybody like that in person up over habits. Mm. If your habits aren't, better than that already (laughs) you know what i mean one one thing that i would also say you know and it might be an expense and it might be too expensive but doing stuff as a family going to the gym as a family doing a sport as a family like that kind of stuff will make an impact that will set good habits for everybody yeah you know if it's like every week we go and we play pickleball or whatever you know something something that's fun that easy that the whole family can do maybe just going out Finding a, uh, I th- I believe around here there's there's a it's not a baseball field but they it's a batting cage yeah 
you know, there's batting cages you can go to. Just hit a ball. Like, yeah. just doing something. Put up like a basketball goal. Yeah. Shoot like, basketball as a family. Throw the football around the yard. That, All that shit that, you know, you're taught the American dream looks like is mm-hmm. probably actually pretty fucking good for your kid. Yeah. Like, and good for you. You're getting yeah, outside. Absolutely. Like, you think about it. You're getting sunlight. Everyone talks about 15 minutes of sunlight a day. Like, That's not a lot of sunlight. It's not. But it's so good for you to get 15 minutes. It's a lot harder for me nowadays because I'm working a night shift. So getting outside is in the sun is difficult sure it's easier on days that i'm off like today i'm gonna go mow the yard i'll be out in the sun for like an hour you yeah. know i'll get plenty of sunlight as sure. long as weather hasn't gotten bad i don't think it has but yeah so like there's there's plenty of good things to come from it me and my brother have both talked about setting up basketball goals yeah like just in the in he's got uh he he was talking about pouring some concrete and just building a essentially two goal posts on either side and just having a court, a court. Yeah. Uh, it'd be a concrete court, but it'd be a court, you yeah. know, just something to shoot the ball with. It'd be easy. You yeah. know, uh, I've, I also thought about it, just setting it up somewhere in the front yard, you know, on the driveway, something that's probably, probably something that's movable. Yeah. Easy to, easy to use. No, yeah, problem it doesn't have it. to look what, like, look like what me and you do. Yeah. But like, but just fitness in general, just movement in general, for children is extremely important. I remember, are you familiar with the strength coach, John Welburn? Are you, you know who mm-hmm. John Welburn is? John Welburn, I think he's no longer affiliated with CrossFit because CrossFit, the company, was part of some really, really fucking shady dealings and they're really fucking, they're really kind of fucking shitty people, or at least they were when Glassman was running it. But John Welburn founded CrossFit football. So it was basically football strength conditioning based around multi-modality methods it's basically Mm -hmm. based around crossfit right like a little bit more strength oriented because it has to be for football but largely strength conditioning in the hit training Mm -hmm. atmosphere that makes sense yeah i remember specifically early on in my personal training career reading an email that he posted from a mother that was concerned about how much dairy he wanted her kid to eat by prescription Mm -hmm. and she said, we don't allow this much dairy. I don't want him eating all this. He's allowed this, this, and this, and this, and then pl- plus one sugary snack a day. And he was like, basically he was like, ma'am, with all due respect, fuck you. You're going to tell me <laughs> right. that like all these things are good for your kid and you're going to let him get away with eating, you know, his little Debbie or Snickers bar. That's the examples we keep going mm. back to. You're let him eat that every day, but you don't want him to have a fucking glass of milk at dinner because you think it's bad for him. Like, unless there's like, you don't know your ass from the hole in the ground. And that's the problem. Like people, um, it goes beyond parroting, but people have developed these opinions about things mm-hmm. and have never lived, actually lived the life or actually developed any good habits of their own. Mm-hmm. So they watch fucking, you know, Fox news, local Fox news station in the morning and they come up with a headline that says, dairy is, is it bad for you? And mm-hmm. then they go in this thing about how, you know, fat from dairy can cause heart disease. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden mom's crazy about, well, we know sugar fucking causes obesity and fucking not by itself as it stands on the calories in calories out perspective, but a sugar addi- addiction is partially what's wrong with American mm-hmm. obesity in general. Yeah. So you're going to tell me the milk's worse than fucking that. <laughs> like we know, the milk is speculation, but we knew for a fact, right. Eating these fucking snacks every day is going to make you a fat fuck. Yep. Like, he went on this big fucking rant about it, and I was like, yeah. Yeah. And that's, like, had a profound effect on me in the way I look at, like, nutrition and children's uh, children's nutrition and then even, like, my philosophy as a trainer. Like, 
I'm doing this based off of science. You're you're making your kids do things based off of hearsay. Yeah. Like based off of opinions, based off of yeah, what someone like, else has said. Literally yeah. hearsay. Yeah. Like this is how you're <laughs> this is how you're raising your kid and you're gonna raise a kid to think it's okay to base what they tell their children off mm-hmm. uh, based off of hearsay. Yeah. Like and here in the physical fitness realm, we we operate if you're a good trainer, you're operating off of fact. Mm-hmm. Like we're not operating off of hearsay mm-hmm. like and you're gonna somehow tell me that this is <laughs> like yeah. it was a really interesting it was a really and you no know, he he did answer respectfully right but it was about the most respectful fuck you i've ever heard <laughs> but like it was like this is this is the this is what we're looking at like mm-hmm. we know this this and this and this what you're doing it's like dr lane with the aspartame thing mm-hmm. the who just announced it's carcinogen well like the amount of aspartame it would take for it to become become carcinogenic you would have to bathe in it every day. Mm-hmm. So even though they're right, there's like thresholds. Yeah. But we know over-consuming calories and being fat, largely in America, caused by eating too much fat and too much sugar, mm-hmm. too many carbs and too much fat, is going to lead to a higher risk of cancer. So you want the speculative, this might cause cancer, or do you want the hard truth of, if it doesn't cause cancer, it's going to cause heart disease, and mm-hmm. either way, it's going to get you. Right. Like, pick your poison. Right. Like, do you want the speculative thing or do you want the thing that we know to be true? He, <laughs> he keeps on going back to the dosage makes the poison, right? Exactly. So, yeah. like that, and that's why you know you think about these bodybuilders uh, in in the you know the unnatural, the enhanced realm. They're dying of heart attacks and and heart failure and stuff, right? Because they take too much shit. It's not and, the exogenous hormone that's doing it. It's the fact that they're taking three grams a week that's yeah. doing it. It's like, why, why do you think that doctors can prescribe TRT? Because and it's it improve helpful. improve health markers. Yeah, right? So you're telling me that if I have, you're telling me, and it's the same concept as we were just talking about, about uh, the uh, aspartame. You're telling me if I replace one Coke a day with one Diet Coke or one Coke Zero a day, that I'm going to get cancer and my health markers are going to decline. No, my health markers are going to get better. Yeah. I'm consuming less calories. I'm consuming less real sugar. Yeah. Like that, and I'm not going to drink enough by replacing one soda a day to get cancer. Because, like you said, it, it takes a ton, a metric ton, to actually get cancer from. I mean, a good example of this is like uh, in a can of Coke, there's what, 100 or 120 ca- calories per 12 ounces? I think so. Okay. Most of us don't stop there. Most of us are going to drink a 20 ounce. So mm-hmm. keep in mind, this isn't even, th- this example I'm about to give you is not even as extreme as probably what reality is. Tells you. And there's people that drink two liters. There's 3,500 calories in a pound. Mm-hmm. So if you're, what is that? That's 36, 3,600 calories in a month. If you take, you're losing a pound a month. You will lose a pound a month of body weight if you swap one soft drink a day for a diet soft mm-hmm. drink. One. That's the only major change, mathematically. Mm-hmm. All, all things else being equal, like... You are netting one less pound a month mm-hmm. by making a single choice of 120 calories a day. Yep. Like, by the way, the one, one can of diet soda a day is well beneath the threshold of aspartame being able to kill you. Yeah. Like, so you're actually going to improve your health markers by making one time a day. Yeah. You're going to lose a little bit more than a pound. It's a minuscule, a fractional amount over the pound, but mm-hmm. like, Basically, essentially going to lose a pound a month. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I, I wish I could remember exactly what he said, but he also talked about health markers improving when you replace 
that Coke, like the regular Coke with a Diet Coke, as opposed to replacing the regular Coke with water. I can't remember the study. I can't remember. And doctor, it's on Dr. Lane Norton's page. You can find it. Probably because like the aspartame is, all, we talk about this, RP talks about this a lot. That's a really, Briani, uh, Joe's wife mm-hmm. or, or girlfriend right now, like she's a diet, diet soda hoe right now, right? Because <laughs> yeah. she's in prep and can't have the calories. But mm-hmm. it, it, what it does is it curbs the sweet tooth. Yeah. So what you might find yourself doing, and the reason why it's probably producing more weight loss and better health markers than water isn't because water's better for you for the record. Right. Term. Let's, yeah. let's get that, make that clear. But the reason why it's probably producing better results is you're probably more likely to reach for a diet Coke instead of another sweet, not even mm-hmm. just another, you might replace a honey bun with a diet Coke because right. it curbs the sweet tooth still. And it's non-caloric. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right. So it like extends beyond just the Coke for a diet Coke. Like mm-hmm. it could be a diet Coke for a honey bun or a diet Coke for your Snickers bar, little Debbie, like we talked about, you know what I mean? <laughs> Like when you talk about that, you're talking about Snicker bars over 300 calories. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a, if you eat one of those a day, that's a pound every 10 days. Yeah. So like, I'm sure that's why he was talking I, about you know the health marker being. It may have been. It's part of it anyway. It may have been Doctor Mike. It's it's either Doctor Lane Norton or Doctor Mike. I can't remember which, but either way, one one of them was talking about. But I feel like it it was actually something specific about the way aspartame was used in your body or something. I feel like there was something specific. It wasn't It wasn't just that, but that is a very good point. Well, the caffeine in it increases metabolism because your heart yeah. rate goes up. <clears throat> I can't so, remember. I wish I could remember. I'll have to find it and then like, I won't do that because I'm too late. But but it's out there. There's there, The information is out there. I just can't. But again, you're going back to the, the speculative like potential monster or the monster we know. Yeah. And I know why. I need to talk about this. Uh, is it is it a one from one of the Batman movies? Uh, the fear you know is always better than the fear you don't, or the fear you don't is better than the fear you know. Whatever it may be, like I don't recall uh, that. But the monster you know is better than uh, some something to those extent. Like mm-hmm. the speculative monster that we don't know anything about seems a lot scarier and a lot like more dangerous. But it because it's in the shadows, mm-hmm. right? But it's just speculative. Mm-hmm. Like this here and now thing is much more likely to be a danger to you. Yeah. Because we already right. we already know, right? Yeah. We, it's like, yeah, there's all this information, all these studies have done about this. We already know about this. Yeah. Like all the studies tie like red meat to heart disease, right? Mm. Well, you know, red meat, if you're getting if you're buying the wrong if you're eating ribeye every night or fucking eighty five fifteen every mm-hmm. night, because of the fat content, yeah, it's more tied to heart disease. Mm-hmm. If you're being a responsible adult and trying to eat healthy and you're eating lower fat cuts, red meat's one of the most nutrient dense and perfect things for your body on the yep. planet. Like, yeah, you can't, you can't survive on fucking ground chuck all the time. That's fine. You'll mm-hmm. die of a heart attack. Same thing with, like, bacon. Bacon tastes great, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it is yeah. what it is. But, like, yeah, if you're making obviously fucking shitty, unhealthy choices, and I love a ribeye, right. but, like, I know that in my meal prep, I'm going to need to eat the sirloin. Right. It's Honestly, simple here, and but, I might be crucified by the steak family. I prefer a sirloin, Honestly. At this point, I feel like milk every- prep. It's better. A leaner steak's better left over because it's less likely to take, taste like your refrigerator when you eat it up. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. Fresh off the grill, it's ribeye all day long. But I, like, I it's, still prefer it's trash. Line. It's trash yeah. left over in my opinion. Yeah, but, I don't know. I just I've I feel like there's something about the way I feel like it's just and it may just be a personal preference the the amount of fat that's on it and it may just be the way it's cooked. You know, there's a lot dependent on it, but. In general, I just prefer a sirloin. I prefer well, that's leaner fine. meats like, in general. But like, yeah, you, if you're overeating 
something that fatty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be bad for, bad for you. Like, and a lot of these people, like you know, you think about it, they're probably pairing it with other fatty foods, right? If they're if yeah, they're it's eating, not like they're eating their ribeye with. Like what me and Sandy do is we a lot of times when we do that we do asparagus. Mm-hmm. There's hardly any nutrition nutritional content at all on asparagus. Right. Like it's like 35 calories a cup. Mm-hmm. Like the only way to get calories up on that is if you cook it in butter, and we like ours crunchy, so we do nonstick calorie free cooking spray. Yeah. That's the only thing it gets. Um, and we eat them like French fries. Yeah. Well, I've cut so much fat out of that meal compared to somebody that eats the baked potato with sour cream, cheese, butter. and butter. And it's not the potato's fault. It's yeah. the sour cream, cheese, and butter's fault. Right. Like, I'm cutting so many calories from my meal, then, yeah, all of a sudden, the ribeye's not so fucking dangerous. Mm-hmm. If you're going to eat fucking French fries with your ribeye. Covered in oil. Covered in oil and everything yeah. else. I mean, then... Maybe it's bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, but the, at that point, you have to ask, is it even the ribeye's fault? Right. And that, yeah. that, I think that's the point where that I'm trying to get to. You know, and I, uh, Stan Efferding was on the Mark Bell podcast not long ago. And the whole podcast was about, quote unquote, the dangers of red meat. Um, because obviously Stan Efferding of the vertical diet is, is a big proponent of red meat. Exactly. He was kind of trying to debunk it in a very kind way, yeah. um, which I believe he did. Very well when he was talking about. He was also talking about vegan diets and vegetarians, pescatarians, um, in the beginning of it, which was also very interesting to because I do have I do work with somebody who's a vegan who uh, is getting in the gym and working out and stuff. Yeah. Um, trying to trying to put on weight and uh, so that was interesting and I, I directed him to that because that was that was good information. But but at the end of the day, you know, one one of Mark Bell's things that he mentioned was you know why why do they think Red meat is bad. Well, it's linked with heart disease because of all the other things around it. Because people who eat red meat are probably eating a burger. Yeah, if you're probably eating eating fries. If you're going to Five Guys and you're eating a double cheeseburger with, you know, a whole basket of their fries and and bacon on it, and American cheese, which I love American cheese, but it's not real cheese. It's not the healthiest cheese option if you're going to go with cheese. Like, no fucking shit. It's not (laughs) heart disease. Like, it's not real fucking... It's it's like the sugar thing with Lane Norton talks about all the time. It's not sugar that made you fat. Mm-hmm. He's right. It's not. It's the problem is that as Americans, the way we like to consume our sugar is on a cinnamon roll that's been cooked in half a stick of butter, mm-hmm. and it's the sugar combined with another processed carb combined with fats, tons and tons of fat. Mm-hmm. And most Americans don't use real butter now. Though most of the time they use uh, a margarine or something mm-hmm. that's probably seed oil. It's even worse for your cholesterol and yeah. stuff like that. So. I'm in a unique situation now that I have to limit my red meat because of a kidney issue. Mm-hmm. Like, there's going to be things like that that come up. Mm-hmm. But even now, my doctor's like, one red milk meat day is a, uh, one uh, one meal of red meat a day is fine. Yeah, he didn't tell me to stop eating red meat. He's like, hell, you need it. Right. Just don't. You probably don't need to eat it six times a day. Yeah. But you need it. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's. I mean, it's just that simple. Um, anything it goes to show you anything's anything's bad in excess. Mm-hmm. And if you want to talk about weightlifting be bad being bad for your kids maybe it is bad for them in excess if it's unsupervised because you're too lazy to get in the gym with them or you're or too because lazy or you're too lazy to hire somebody to, to oversee it yeah. yeah if you're letting them just get in there and wing it <laughs> hell that's bad for me and you yeah. <laughs> and we've learned that and that's the reason why we have coaches yeah like it is what it is like anything in excess is mm-hmm. is gonna be bad for you yeah. period and that's I, I I think back when you when you said that I think back to the kids who are you know 
hitting their one rep max every week. I was like, that's terrible for you. Yeah. First absolutely. of all, you're not going to get any stronger. Second of all, you're putting yourself at injury risk every week. Have you ever, um, this is, this is an interesting thing to that fact. Have you ever heard of the Bulgarian method mm-hmm. happened in weightlifting? Max Ada, I think, has even experimentally, Max Ada of Juggernaut, even experimentally put it into practice for powerlifting. Well, the Bulgarian method, basically, you had, for weightlifting, you had major movements in weightlifting other than the snatch and clean and jerk are shoulder press, mm-hmm. front squat, back squat, uh, a clean pull, or a snatch pull, which mm-hmm. basically is going to be a deadlift for the snatch grip or right. a deadlift for the clean grip. Um, these are the major major movements. In Bulgarian method, you worked up to a one rep max every day. Hmm. Which, but it was in partial range of motion. Right? It, it could be in partial range of motion, like 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 uh, like maybe conjugate or something. But a lot of times, it was the competition lifts. Hmm. But because they were in a controlled, coached environment, it wasn't all that dangerous for them. You had a lot of people getting just like monstrously strong. Hmm. But also, beyond a certain point, your CNS auto regulates you. Right, because so your only... your snatch your snatch PR. One week might have been 250 pounds, and the next week you might go in feeling like shit, and it might be 200. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's also a controlled, watched environment. Right. Like, when we see kids, like, doing their one rep max squat every week in the gym, most of the time they're not standing beside a qualified strength and conditioning coach mm-hmm. cutting them off when it starts to look bad or anything like that. We're not talking about a daily one rep max. We're talking about we got to go out and do more the best I've ever done. Yeah. yeah. We got PR. You don't have a you know a voice of reason in the corner being like that's your daily one rep max stop, yeah. like so even that depends on the circumstance. Right. I wouldn't recommend the Bulgarian method to anybody now. I think we're smarter than that. But right. like, but you're at, talking about something that for 30 years worked for Eastern European countries, and in term, terms of you know Olympic weightlifting, like right. But but again, that <laughs> you know, that goes back to like. It's a daily max, right? Yeah. So it's not necessarily, you, like you said, your CNS is going to argue auto-regulate. It's not the same as a kid who doesn't know any better going out there and like, well, I did 200 last week, so I should be able to do 200 this week or 205 this week. Yeah. And then just absolutely destroying their body because yeah. they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So you have, like I said, you also have a voice of reason in the corner in one of these Olympic mm-hmm. lifting facilities saying. Yeah. Like, that was shit. Stop. Yeah. Like your your list looks. You're, you're now at the end of your technical ability. That is your daily one rep max. Mm-hmm. Let's move on and do our front squats for accessory work. Let's, mm-hmm. let's be done. You right. know what I mean? Like that's fucking reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> you know that, what I mean? That, that's, there's a huge difference there. Yeah, there's a huge yeah. difference. But like I said, it goes it goes to show you that excess is the kid that maxes every week in the gym, that's excessive. Mm-hmm. Like, can that work? Within reason. Right. If you have a voice of reason there with right. you telling you when to quit and when to go for it and stuff right. like that. But like you know, I don't know, man. This is a this is a complicated topic that <laughs> reveals more and more topics the more you talk about. It, to be honest. For real, it does. I yeah. mean, I think by and large, I'm say it again. It goes back to the fact that if you want your kids to establish good habits, they need to be established in you first. Mm-hmm. Don't want your kids to have their growth stunted by weightlifting or to hurt themselves weightlifting. Either you need to n- figure out what you're doing and know how to tell them. How not to do it. How how to do it and how not to do it. Or you need to hire somebody that can. Yeah. It's not the weightlifting's fault. Mm. Probably fucking your fault. Yeah. Honestly. Like root of the conversation there. <laughs> Back yeah, to- pretty 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 much, yeah. So at the end of the day, you know, like you said, show, if you are involved in it, first of all, if you're involved in it, you're probably already gonna know all this. 
If you have kids, you're pro or have are expecting kids, you're probably gonna have already looked into this because yeah. you know, like, you know, well, I know for a fact that it's not gonna stunt their growth because I've read all these studies because I've already looked into it. Yeah. So that, you know, but for the people that don't know, who, like you said, are sitting on the couch yelling at the at the TV at the athletes on TV. I have a plug for you guys, and we should absolutely tag this guy because he's incredible. Um. Let me find him. He works out with his kids all the time. It's an athlete out of Columbus, Ohio. His uh, IG handle is Boom Lumbus. So like Columbus, like mm -hmm. says so B O O M L U M B U S. Um, I said like Columbus, but his actual last name is Lumbus. So oh. my bad. Brian <laughs> Lumbus is the guy's name, and he has two toddlers that lift weights with him. Um, he trains them. He's a semi-professional football player. He trains them for weightlifting and for football and for fighting and stuff like that. But this guy's got just like, he's probably got, it looks like a nice barbell, like maybe one of the rogue children's barbells mm -hmm. or something. But he's got like fake 45s, like, right. the you know, the Castleberry fake 45s he puts <laughs> on the bar form. They're not even lifting real weights, but they're learning real, like, genuine movement, movement. patterns. Yeah. And like, it probably, you know, they're probably you know, two pounds a piece or so. So it probably actually is heavy for his kids. Right. Like, cause they're toddlers. Like they're young, like two to four years old, but like developing the skill. Yeah. And, and you know what? They don't look like they're being forced to do it. They look like they're just be happy to be hanging out with dad. Yeah. They look like they got a cool dad. Right. So they're right. probably just fucking happy to be there. Mm -hmm. Like that's not fucking bad for your kid. That's mm -hmm. quality. He's spending quality time with his kids doing what he loves. And they're getting to be a part of something that he loves. Mm. They may choose in 10 years to not want to do that anymore. Right. He's probably okay with that, I bet. Mm. But I bet he also knows that they know exactly what they're doing if they decide they want to continue to down that path. Yeah. Like, it's not a problem, but y'all should look him up. Boom Lumbus. It's a awesome, awesome guy to follow. Uh, he is, he calls himself the world's strongest vegan. So. Okay. He's a pretty strong guy. Like, so. It's a good, he's a good follower though. Very inspirational to, me fixing to be a father, you you need to check him out if you haven't yeah. already. But uh, that guy, physically fit, super capable. Yeah, he eats a diet that we don't necessarily agree with, but he's obviously a very, very healthy person. Like, And he's leading by example. And I bet he probably doesn't have to twist these kids' arms over mm -hmm. getting in there and doing it. Yeah. So fucking fix yourself. Yeah. So at the, <laughs> at the end of the day, at the end of the conversation, basically what we, what we have come to uh, is... First, you as the parent. Yeah. Second, um, shit, I lost my thought. Well, first being uh, you as the parent, yeah. are you establishing good ha habits that are going to allow your child to take you seriously in this moment and to not replicate your bad habits? Mm -hmm. Second point, don't bitch about what you don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's something else, but. You know, like, but, you know, everything's a problem in excess. Yeah. Let's, you know, that's something we covered. Uh, including weightlifting, mm -hmm. how you eat, things like that. Um, also, like, back to it, like, speculation is never as bad as the thing that you know for a fact is bad. Like, mm -hmm. facts over, Lane talks about this, facts over feelings, man. Mm -hmm. Like, we know this is bad for you and your children. Don't fucking do this thing. Like, the Diet Coke's probably not going to kill you. Mm -hmm. The sugar will. Yep. <laughs> like, Fucking pick one, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, like I said, like facts over feelings, right? Yeah. So, like, those are probably the three points I would take away from it. Yeah. Like, sounds good to me. Sounds good to you. Yeah. There you go.
I'll, I'll have to apologize. I should have apologized in advance. Uh, we're doing this early, which means that I just woke up like a couple hours ago. Well, he's trying to get his last uh, weekend of sleep in before he becomes a father and becomes sleepless for the next, you know, 19 years of his life. <laughs> Hopefully not that long. The but... first time he's going to get sleeps, that girl's freshman year of college. Probably, you know? Even then, I'll be waking up in the middle of the night worrying about something. So, you know, probably just never. But, and, you know, my, my dad talks all the time about how he just doesn't sleep anymore because... And my mom, not even worried, just like he just doesn't sleep anymore. My mom's the same way. She's like, I'm good to get six hours of sleep, five hours. That's all I can sleep. I knew my old boss, one of my old bosses at Walmart. She was very old. She worked overnights forever. She doesn't sleep at all. Like maybe one or two hours. Yeah, I can't do that. Yeah, I think that's insane. I'm I'm one of those people that I do require, I run better on a lot of sleep and excess. Like. Mm -hmm. You know, they say, I think this is very individual. This is a new a new topic. They say, what, six to eight hours most yeah. of the time. I personally feel like I feel better on eight to ten. Yeah. I, feel I, like- I don't normally get that until the weekend, but I mm-hmm. do feel like brain function, strength in the gym, uh, attitude, everything like that's a little bit better for me on eight to ten. I think nine hours is my sweet spot, honestly. That's fair. That's when I was, probably say the same about me. Then, when but. I was sleeping nine hours a day, uh, every day, that's when I felt my best. Nine hours is probably... Where I naturally want to wake up, yeah, without an alarm or something like that. Yeah. So, so now, so nowadays, I'm getting sometimes like six, seven, and it's a little rougher. We may need to look into this, but I do think that there's a a thing that says your sleep cycle happens between like every one to one and a half hours. So, your ideal amount of sleep is probably going to happen on on the hour or roughly hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So, like, it would make sense for us if we're nine's a multiple of. 90 minutes, right? right. An hour and a half. So it makes sense that we're going to feel best on six and a half to nine and a half hours of sleep, if that makes sense, because right. the multiples are the same thing. Hmm. Does that make sense? Or I'm sorry, six, six to nine, six right? To like nine, yeah. Some type of multiple of that. Hmm. So like seven and a half hours is probably a pretty good. But basically, you want to catch, you want to wake up at the end of your sleep cycle. That is more important than. The length, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. Make, you know, yeah, that makes sense. If you got a limit, if we're on an hour and a half cycle, then if we're going to have a limited amount of sleep, we're probably going to do better on four and a half than we do on four or mm-hmm. five. Or five, yeah. yeah. makes sense, yeah. Because we're waking up in the middle of our sleep cycle, as which is going to make waking you drowsy, up the, yeah. groggy, and feel as, like wake, as opposed to waking up at the end of your sleep yeah. cycle. So It makes sense to me. So. I don't know. We need to look. I need to look into that and actually find the study. We always say we're going to do things like that. We never do. <laughs> we forget about it by the next time. Yeah, we, we do. We're we're getting fucking old. <laughs> we're getting older, guys, and we're gonna get. We're gonna age like ten years in the next year. So <laughs> I already got great new gray in my beard that I didn't have before. All right. So I guess we're on dad jokes. Yeah, you know I haven't done my homework on these. I've been oh, doing my homework man. on PR songs, but not on this. I got some saves, so if I can operate my phone we'll get we'll get some dad jokes okay ah yeah this was a good one so i went to the beekeeper to get 12 bees he counted and he gave me 13 and i I said sir you you gave me an extra one he said yeah that's a freebie (laughs) well, <laughs> got one. No, it kind of wants me. It makes me that made me want to tell a long-winded joke though. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. All right. So, 
<clears throat> Jesus. <laughs> this is going to piss people off so bad. That's, that's perfect. Yep, yep, yep. I'm trying not to get cracked up about this before I even tell it. So Brick Mason's laying brick, right? And he has an apprentice with him. And uh, they get to an end of the job. And uh, he tells his apprentice, he's like, I need you to go to Lowe's. I need you to get exactly 100 brick. Not one less, not one more. Dude gets to Lowe's. And keep in mind, these are arbitrary numbers here. Yeah. Dude gets to Lowe's. Going to pick up the brick. And the guy at Lowe's tells him, well, pallets of brick come in exactly 101. We can't sell you one more or one less. Like, you have to take the one of one. He's like, my boss said, I need 100 brick. Not one more, <laughs> not one less. And he's like, fuck it. I guess I'm getting the whole pallet, right? Takes the, takes the pallet of 101 bricks back to the job site. Brick Mason's laying the brick, gets to the end of the job, has one extra brick left in his hand, and he gets pissed off and he just throws it up in there. <laughs> Is that it? That's it. Go ahead, carry on. You got another dad joke for us? I, I don't get it. Give me another dad. Da, give me another dad joke. Okay. I feel like there's more coming. Maybe. <laughs> um, I just texted my girlfriend Ruth and told her that it's over between us. I'm ruthless. <laughs> In fact, you are ruthless. You got another one? Um, I need a buffer. <laughs> Uh, my friends laughed at me when I said I had a hot date and they said that she was imaginary. Well, joke's on them because they're imaginary too. <laughs> That's pretty good. So these people are on this private jet. They're they're flying somewhere. Huh? <laughs> and because it's private, it's not, you know, a, you know, it's not a chartered thing. Like mm -hmm. it's somebody's personal jet. They're all strangers, but, you know, there's not that many rules. So mm. one lady's got her dog. Other guy, he's sipping cocktails, and he happens to be a smoker, right? Mm. So, he's, uh, he's drinking his cocktail, decides to spark one up, smoke a cigarette on the plane, right? Dog starts yapping. Getting on, getting on the fucking guy's nerves real mm. bad. Fucking yapping, 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 yapping. And uh, finally, he's like, would you please shut your dog up? And the lady's like, wouldn't be yapping at you if you didn't spark a cigarette up. Doesn't like cigarette smoke. You pissed it off. Can't do anything about it until you put that thing out. They get an argument, back and forth, name calling, everything like that. Finally, the lady gets up, takes the cigarette out of the guy's mouth, rolls the window down, throws it out the window. They're on a plane, by the way. <laughs> the dog, uh, the uh, the guy, without missing a beat, walks over to the lady, takes her dog, throws it out the window. Right, and this continues to this has just happened. This this is escalating, and people are arguing. Continues and continues and continues. Anyway, a little while later. The uh, the pilot is flying along, goes to change lanes or something, and checks his to check his blind spot. You know, and he looks over his shoulder. You know, what he sees on the wing the dog. You know, it's in the dog's mouth. <laughs> the brick. That's it. That's what I got. <laughs> There was a lot of buildup for very little payoff. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> That's one that you gotta you gotta tell like you gotta let people think you're weird and tell the second joke like like it's a different hours joke. later yeah like hours later. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That makes. But that's sense the bad part of it though. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> the brick. The brick.
<laughs> oh man i guess that's it for this episode i think we went we probably went a little long honestly maybe we had a lot to talk about this time it was a good episode we've done that the past couple times but it'll be all right we do have some plans for some guests at some point which is going to be cool um yep. i talked i don't know if i want to mention it Go ahead. So, well i talked to zach marstiller if you guys know who he is and he's he was pretty excited about coming on the podcast and talking about some some experiences kind of do like an interview um so that'll be fun yeah uh, and um, then there's a couple of people that you've been thinking about bringing yeah on. i have another uh transformation competitor i know we're not technically a bodybuilding show but we you know the response to elizabeth's episodes have been really good so mm-hmm. uh, i have another transformation competitor i'm getting ready for a um bodybuilding show in october uh and i thought that his his just like elizabeth his uh his story is pretty incredible so mm-hmm. thought that we might bring him on and interview him and then uh we're looking into ways to maybe do interviews with other lifters remotely. That way they don't have to come to BFE to mm-hmm. do this. But uh, we may get more and more frequent with with visitors if that allows. Also, I have to say, too, uh, because of our current life situations, we may be touch and go episode to episode yeah. here the next few weeks. So Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know if we'll be able to get together next week. Um, next weekend is going to be hard for both of us, I think. So we might actually not be able to get together next week. Yeah, but. But um, I have a funeral and you have a baby. So yeah, yeah, that's what it is. I so. didn't know you had a funeral. I thought it was yeah. just Sunny's. Yep. Oh yeah, that yep. is. Yeah, that's Saturday. Yep. Yeah. Um. So. Yep. Shout out! Shout out to Tammy for for being tough and yeah, handling absolutely. it well. Yeah. Um. Uh, rest in peace. T- to Tammy Sunny. and Sunny have been been with me through my strength journey and my coaching journey since day one, mm-hmm. literally. So Tammy was my first client, and I got to know Sunny pretty well. Shortly thereafter, so I didn't get to know um, him well, but he was always so so nice and genuine every time I talked. He's to him. he was loud as fuck, buddy. Oh yeah, he made his presence known. <laughs> he was a, he was a really good man. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, two people have been with me from the beginning. I have to go, unfortunately, attend one of them's funeral. But mm-hmm. uh, another thing, I got to shout out Dave Hayes, who came in second nationally yeah. um, at USBA Nationals this weekend. Yeah, so, he, in New Orleans, he told me his lifts. Let me pull him up. Real he quick. Uh, broke a squat record and. A bench record, and I think he missed his last deadlift that would have been a record. It was 404 for his last deadlift that he missed. I'm trying to get all 407, right? 407? Yeah, it was 407. Uh, 363 pound squat, 280 pound bench, 396 pound deadlift, missed missed 407. Um, And he's 220 or 198. I want to say he was actually a 198 this time. 198. Because yeah. he did cut weight on his own and everything like that this Was time, he Masters so. or Submasters? Uh, he's masters. masters like three or four. Masters he's 50, three? He's, he's upper 50s, so. Okay. Yeah. So. I knew he was Masters something. I couldn't yeah. remember which. So. He's been on the podcast. Yeah, he has. Absolutely. Yep. So. Yeah, he did really, really well. Represented me well, like always. I wish I would have been there to coach him. Um, but he uh, he had a son-in-law handle him, and he mm-hmm. did, you know, he had a good good weekend anyway. Yeah, so he did. So. Solid him. That's it, guys. That's it. Give us five stars on, uh, rate us five stars on Spotify, please. And all other streaming services. Whatever that you listen on. If you listen on YouTube, just like the videos, share them, I guess. Subscribe. Uh, Something. Just do something for us. That's all. Like, you don't have to do a ton. Just, just pick one. Like, just like the video if you're watching on YouTube and share it with your friends. Be like, hey, this podcast fucking rips. Yeah. It's part of the name. It sips and it rips. It sips and it rips. Go listen to it. Please. <laughs> Maybe you should sip and rip while you do this, too. A little whiskey deadlift. Hey, you, hey, you while know. While we're in your ear. Like, like I don't know. Do, do, 
We may need to have a whiskey deadlift because you know, uh, not to not to go on another tangent, but my boy Sonny that just passed away, his favorite drink was Jack Daniels. So it was maybe we ought to get uh, plied on some Jack Daniels and toss around some weight. Could do that. Might yeah. have to talk with Joe about it, but we could do that. The uh, yeah. Had to come up with a big, long, creative name, but. For. The, for the whiskey deadlift. Hmm. I have to have his name in it. I don't know. You remember the office, the 5K name? It was like a paragraph long. We should rip <laughs> that off. <and> like... <laughs> I was just thinking like the sunny Sunday whiskey deadlift. Something, I was thinking of something simple, but. Sunny Sunday. Sunny Sunday, Whiskey Deadlift, Lift a Lot for the Cure 2023. Fuck Cancer. Fuck Cancer, Coleman Barbell, Invitational. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. We got a name for it. (laughs) That's it, baby. All right, y'all be good.